Hey, welcome in. Welcome in, Duval. This is Teal Shirt Report Podcast, episode show number 58. I'm I'm Scott, your humble servant. It's, man, it's early in the morning. August the 7th, Monday morning, August the 7th. I've been getting, you know, good news for the most part. Um, When you got Trevor Lawrence as your franchise quarterback, I think you can... I think things are looking up. I really do. You got a trio of wide receivers that we feel like can get it done. There may not be Jerry Rice among the group, but some pretty good wide receivers. I think the Jags got at least two wide receivers, certainly above average. Um, Zay Jones, I'm looking to see what he can do and what he can bring to the table. Um, the, the undrafted Notre Dame wide receiver seems to be on the up climb or on the, um, seems to be ascending in his second year, even though he really didn't play last year. He was an undrafted free agent in, uh, 2022 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What was that guy's name? Kevin, right? We mentioned his name on the last, uh, podcast. Um, Always great to talk about the wide receivers. And, you know, when I start these podcasts, you know, I got some notes about what we want to talk about. And then all of a sudden we kind of go off in another direction. So you're going to kind of, you're going to kind of get that um, with us, of course. Um, Kevin's a guy's name, right? Um, Let's take a look at um, what we've got on the depth chart sometimes we'll get a depth chart and it's not always correct okay right uh walker little at left tackle tyler shadley at left guard got blake hans as the backup i believe uh luke fortner the starting center if if shadley if shadley plays guard then he's not the backup for fortner at that point um We'll take a look at what's happening on defense. You know, I like some of the guys that Jags got. Devon Hamilton at nose tackle. Roy Robertson-Harris at the big end, backed up by Adam Gotsis, who certainly is in the rotation. Uh, we keep hearing stuff about uh, Fularunso Farakasi. Big end, plays across the defensive line, was a free agent pickup. Last year, this is his second year for the Jaguars. He had a down year last year. We're expecting bigger things from Paracasi this year. He played for the Jets a couple of years ago. Now he's on a team with the Jaguars, which is ascending. And we look for big things out of the big end. He, he always reminded me of kind of a defensive tackle. But we're seeing more and more of that where you got guys that can do multiple things on defense. Um I looked at one depth chart. It's got Trayvon Walker, the Sam, backed up by Kate LeVon, Chase on. Um, starting linebackers, uh, say to Alakon, probably the leading tackler in the National Football League last year. Devin Lloyd now moving into his second year as a starter. Um, Josh Allen playing the will, which is essentially a linebacker spot, the Sam, Trayvon Walker. Tyson Campbell is in the, sadly, in the concussion protocol right now. I see him 
I see this affecting him for a few days. Maybe he misses the, um, I'm, I'm, you know, probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying out of precautionary, even if he's cleared, I, I don't know if he plays in the Dallas game or not. And that's the first preseason game, of course. Andre Cisco saw a news story on him that he likes to be a comedian in the offseason, stand-up. That's interesting. Rayshon Jenkins, strong safety, backed up by Dewey, Andrew Wingard. Um, Trey Herndon. Is Trey Herndon going to be a starting cornerback? I would tend to think he'll start this game. If Tyson Campbell is, is out, obviously. Uh, it's good to have all of you tuned in to the uh, Teal Shirt Report broadcast. Teal Shirt, and I say podcast, but to me it's a broadcast. It's a broadcast podcast. You know, we're on here every week. We do probably along the lines of one to three um, shows or podcast or broadcast, if you will, each week. We're brought to you in part by Saucerility and Capital. Larry said we got to go out to a fish fry soon. We like to do that. We normally meet about halfway around McClenny, if you can believe that, McClenny. The Mac, the Little Mac at a restaurant called Pier 6. I've got a really good sponsor, Saucerility and Capital, here on our Teal Shirt Report podcast. And he sponsors BigJReport.com. He's been with me since the beginnings of time. Larry and I go all the way back to the high school. Larry's a good guy. He's a Florida Gator fan like I am. He's a Jaguars fan, like I am. So we got a lot in common. Um, but let me let me say this honestly: for for real estate needs, you can't go wrong with this guy. And I'll tell you why: you can't go wrong with Saucerility and Capital. Not only does Larry know the real estate business pretty much inside and out, he also has had extensive, extensive experience in evaluating property saucer valuations a part of saucerility and capital and he's done land appraising for years and years vast experience in land appraising and real estate saucerility and capital whether you're buying or selling whether it's home residential business or commercial real estate in north florida surrounding areas or even a little bit south of the north florida line Remember Saucerility and Capital. You'll find the link uh, for Saucerility on our homepage at bigjreport.com. We've actually got, you know, weather reports in about two different spots on the homepage. Each of those weather reports, you'll either find in the middle of the weather report or at the end of the weather report, you'll find a link for Saucerility and Capital. Also, Lake Eufaula Hits, great internet radio where it's all good. That operation is in very capable hands, I'll tell you. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. They've got, uh, you know, they got Midnight Rock now. They're kind of on Central Time. Midnight Midnight Rock is Midnight Central Time, 1 o'clock a.m. Is it 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern? It's an hour later over here in the, in the Bangoon, right? Where did I get that word from? Man, that was in a song by Florida Water. <laughs> uh, man, the music I've heard over the years. Um, and I'll tell you what, 
Jacksonville, Duval, whatever you call it. We're on Eastern time. We are. And we appreciate you. Appreciate you tuning into our podcast, brought to you in part by LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They have um, Rock Saturdays, Midnight Rock, a lot of rock on Lake Ufala Hits now. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights in the evening. Um, what I like to talk about is because I, I, I like to kind of joke with the the guy that's the creator of LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. They got those identifiable hits and recognizable hits Monday through Friday from early in the morning to late in the afternoon, basically bankers hours. They got a lot going on at LakeUfallahits.com. Absolutely great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. You can follow the XFL at XFLtoday.net. And if you're looking for a trip to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio, I know more trips are going to be planned. And um, D.D. McDermott says he may be leaving from different points, whether it's up north or down here in the south. Contact D.D. McDermott at uh, Elegant Time Travel and uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment. You know, when I, when I do these podcasts, it's always fun navigating stuff. And if I got stuff on my desk, it may fall off my desk while I'm moving around, kind of getting into the podcast, if you will. I'm going to give you Dee, Dee McDermott's phone number. I don't know why I cannot memorize Dee Dee's phone number. His phone number is in my phone. It's on our website at bigjreport.com as well. It's uh, It's a 904 number. So write that down, first of all. First and foremost, Dee Dee McDermott's phone number is absolutely a 904 number. It's right under the, uh, there's some, there's a picture of the Armada, the Jacksonville Armada soccer team's bench on our homepage. You scroll down below there. There's some, some old high school football scores from this past season up, you know, and then we've got some newer stuff toward the top, but let me see. Um, Always something about the jumbo shrimp. And D.D. McDermott's phone number's in there at 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810 to book your trip or ask the very important questions. Do you have any questions or concerns about anything they're doing with elegant time travel and uh, dark diamond entertainment? Please contact D.D. McDermott, 904 904- 442-3810, his phone number 904-442-3810. And yes, we believe in giving our advertisers certainly their money's worth right here at the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Mad Max, great show Wednesday nights. I heard Max's show last Wednesday night. In fact, I was on the show. Max brings me on about once a month, twice a month. We talk music, football, Max will play requests. I think I forgot to mention Steely Dan the other day. I, I was talking about some of the artists that Max plays on the Mad Max Mix on Wednesday nights, the Wednesday night music request show at Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. He'll give you Steely Dan, the Doobies. I think I've heard the Doobie Brothers on Max's show too. Atlanta Rhythm Section, Alicia Bridges, uh, the Beatles. John Lennon, 
man, Pink Floyd. Um, you're not only going to hear rock classics, but you're going to hear music pop classics from days gone by with the Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Keep it here. Oh, yes. Ah, yes. We were talking about injuries just a moment ago uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report episode show number 58. Thank you for tuning in. It is now August the 7th. Sometimes we record these shows and, you know, we might do segments for this day, tomorrow, the following day, and then we put it up. So you listen to the entire thing. You're going to hear more and more updated stuff as we continue on. Former Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Mercedes Lewis uh, moves on and matriculates to the Chicago Bears. Let's see, man, Mercedes Lewis played like, what, 12 years in Jacksonville, at least four years in Green Bay. Now he's heading to Chicago. Amazing career, over 16 years in the NFL. Guy stays in good shape. One of the best blocking tight ends in the league. And now it looks like he'll probably end his career in Chicago with the Bears, whether he plays one more year or two more years. This probably will be Mercedes Lewis's last stop. He played college football as a tight end at UCLA. When the Jags drafted him very early in the uh, draft years and years and years ago, I think they were drafting a, a pass-catching tight end, but what he did was he developed himself into a blocking tight end and thus has had so much longevity in the NFL, what, over 16 years in the National Football League. And now he's going to play at least one more year. He signed on with the Chicago Bears after playing like 12 years with the Jaguars, I think four years with Green Bay, and now – playing with the Chicago Bears. And he's a good blocking tight end. He'll catch an occasional pass now for you, too. I think there was one game, wasn't there one game in the last year when when Mercedes had really a game he went off in when he scored two or three touchdowns in one game the last year with the Jaguars? And his last year would have been the 2017 season in which the Jaguars did make it all the way to the AFC championship game. I was kind of hoping Mercedes had come back, you know, to Jacksonville. But I think the money, I think the money is like, he's not going to come back for a minimum deal. He usually makes a pretty good contract. I'll have to check out the Chicago contract. I'm guessing it's, going to be somewhere between, you know, two and three million dollars guaranteed probably for Mercedes. And that's pretty good money playing in your 16th year in the National Football League. That's not bad at all, is it? Uh, injuries for the Jaguars. We told you about the Tyler Shatley AFib issue. I've heard some good news on that recently. I believe he'll be back playing real, real soon. Uh, Anton Harrison is kind of dealing with a sore shoulder. I believe he's going to most likely in the next few days be playing through it. Hopefully he'll get 100% healthy. 
Um, Tyson Campbell might have the most serious injury of the three guys. Now that we got some some good news uh, concerning Shatley and the AFib issue, uh, the concussion by Tyson Campbell. It's I mean it's not just a concussion. He's actually in the protocol, and maybe you're in the protocol for almost each and every concussion now in 2023 in the National Football League. So those are the injuries. None of them real major. You never want to see one of your players get a concussion, especially your best cornerback on the roster. I saw a quote from uh, Christian Kirk on Yahoo, uh, Jags Wire, if you will. Christian Kirk thinks the Jacksonville Jaguars could lead the NFL in scoring. And if you're if you're like me and you see them in training camp on a highlight or in person and you see them break the huddle and they've got talent like Travis Etienne with a burst of speed he has. He's also coming off that Liz Frank injury where last year he, you know, they say he was 100%, but now he probably feels a lot more confident uh, with his foot, with the Liz Frank injury that he had back in uh, the preseason of 2021 he's got to feel a lot more stable and solid on that foot i'm sure now coming uh, over a year removed or about actually now what would that be that'd be like almost two years removed from the um, surgery so when you see the jags break the huddle with travis Etienne, evan ingram who just signed the three-year deal uh with the jacksonville jaguars pretty good money deal for a tight end and you got a Trio of wide receivers and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, who made a, a an extension on a catch, where man, it was it was man, it was incredible. He made a great catch. He's he's shown up well in training camp early. The pads are on now. Calvin Ridley's catching the passes from Trevor Lawrence, and that's a key quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, in my mind, over the next two, three, four years, I think he can make. I think he can make the average wide receivers look better because they break the huddle with Ridley, uh, Christian Kirk, and, you know, your third receiver, you know, obviously is going to be Zay Jones. The kid from Notre Dame is is kind of interesting, Kevin. Um, what's his name? Kevin Austin, right? He could end up being the fourth wide receiver, the fifth guy. You know, you've got the kid out of Penn State. Parker, and he's going to buy for a fourth or fifth spot. He's on a rookie deal. But getting back to Trevor Lawrence, this is the whole key with a guy. You see guys bounce around the NFL quarterbacks that can, you know, most of these NFL quarterbacks that can bounce around. When the wide receiver gets wide open 50 yards down the field, and people say, man, he throws a good deep ball. Most of your NFL quarterbacks can throw a lofting pass. And, and hit the wide receiver, especially if he's beaten the defensive back by two, three, four steps. Not all of them, but most of your NFL quarterbacks can throw that lofting pass to the guy that you catch him in stride 50 yards down the field. Not everybody can throw the 60 or 70-yard pass, perhaps. Um, I think what Trevor Lawrence has not shown yet, but he will and he's capable of, and when I say he hasn't shown it yet, he hasn't shown it on a consistent basis. But I, I really believe the reason why Trevor Lawrence will go down as one of the best NFL quarterbacks in the history of the game is because that little 
that little seam route, you know, on the numbers or near the sideline, that's 15. I'm not talking about five to 10 yards or 50. I'm talking about, I'm talking about that pass 15 to 25 yards down the field. He can make that pass in a, and especially when he's having confidence in his game is, is really working good. He can whip it in there and hit that guy down the field, 15 to 25 yards down the field. And not many guys can really talent-wise make that throw. Trevor Lawrence can. Okay, I did want to, I did really want to talk about Tyler Shatley and the AFib issue, which not everybody knows what AFib is, and I'll be quite frank about it. I I really didn't completely understand AFib. However, John Gaylor, who's uh, a good guy, a good source for information, one of our sources, I just threw, threw him out there, right? John Gaylor. Um, as a contributor to our podcast, our website at bigjreport.com and our website here, or I should say our podcast, Teal Shirt Report Podcast. We kept hearing about Tyler Shatley was out due to an AFib issue. Well, um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. The AFib issue, apparently there's a lot of good news that has come out of this, maybe for the short run and the long run. Uh, Michael DeRocco, ESPN staff writer, did write something about this. And and uh, DeRocco wrote that the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive lineman Tyler Shatley has had the fluttering feeling in his chest before, but this time he decided to uh, get it get get checked out. It's a decision that potentially could potentially save his life in the future. Um. Duraco went on to write, Shatley was diagnosed with uh, atrial fibrillation after Wednesday's practice. After learning about his condition, the uh, uh, 10th year player admitted he's lucky that he never had any complications, which, you know, include blood clots that can lead to stroke or heart attack. I just always ignored it. For a couple of years, honestly, when it happened, Shatley said after Sunday's practice, and I I think it's just the good Lord looking after me. Honestly, the other day I had a couple of extra minutes after practice, and I said I, I might as well get this checked out. Um, atrial fibrillation or AFib is an abnormal heartbeat caused by fast and irregular beats from the upper chambers of the heart. According to John Hopkins uh, medicine me- medicines uh, website, according to the American Heart Association, it is estimated that more than 12 million people in the United States are projected to have the condition um, in 2030, in the next few years. It can lead to blood clots, stroke, heart failure, and other heart-related conditions. So kind of moving along in the article, Shatley said he's taking blood thinners, which is why he has not yet been cleared to fully participate in practice. Shatley is the longest tenured Jaguars player 
and has played in 123 consecutive games, uh, which is five shy of tying the franchise record of 128 held by long snapper Joe Zelenka. And I didn't know that was that was Zelenka. You know, I would have thought it was uh, uh, the old center, Meester. Uh, it's interesting. Mercedes Lewis played in Jacksonville for a long, long time. So the news basically overall is much better for Tyler Shatley. Um, Jaguars Tyler Shatley grateful after heart evaluation. Looks like he'll be playing soon. And I don't know if he'll play in the Dallas game, but I believe he'll be playing soon. He'll either start at left guard or he'll be the backup. He'll be a backup at guard or center. And we'll see how this season uh, moves along for Tyler Shatley. He's played a lot of games at center, you know, and or guard uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's good news in, as far as the APIB situation goes. Sounds like uh, for Shatley, uh, collected whew, sigh of relief. Um, Tyson Campbell in the concussion protocol. And we mentioned that uh, Anton Harrison, who's projected to play right tackle this season, for the Jaguars had been slowed down due to some uh, uh, shoulder soreness, missed a few practices, but but he's kind of, I think he's, I believe he's kind of playing through it right now. So some minor injuries, close scare maybe with the AFib situation. My Shadley looks like he's going to be all right. He got checked out. That's good for now and, you know, in his, certainly in his longtime future. So that's some of what's going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars as they prepare to play the Dallas Cowboys in the first preseason game of the year. That's right. Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Dallas Cowboys in uh, preseason football to kind of kick off the 2023 season. That's exactly right. The Jags... um, the Jaguars, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Jaguars. You know, they played last year in game 15 where Rayshon Jenkins made an interception in overtime, took it to the house. It was a walk-off interception by uh, safety Rayshon Jenkins by the Jaguars. The Jaguars won that game back on December the 18th of 2022, 40-34 over the Cowboys. A lot of offense in that game. Man, you got to hope the Jaguars' defense is heading in the right direction. You know, I I, I see something in the um, Florida Times-Union back on August 2nd, Jags linebacker Chase on becoming a leader on defense. Man, he's got to do that through consistent play. I'm not sure he's an every-down defensive end. I, I don't think he's aggressively around the football enough to be a starting linebacker. So what's he going to do? He's got to rush. He's got to rush the passer and get some sacks. And this is kind of his it's now or never year for K one K Levon Chase on. Um K Levon Chase on, I guess this is what his fourth year in the league. Um the Jaguars did decline his uh fifth year option, I believe. He's a late first round pick. A lot of people thought, hey, the Jags, they were too high on this guy. Back when Dave Codwell was a general manager. It's now or never. Let's see the talent, the speed, the power. Caleb on Chase on, man, this is uh, this is kind of like that 
fork in the road. This is that situation where you're going to prevail or you're you're going to fail, prevail or fail. You're at the fork in the road in his in his young career. Tom Coughlin, I remember Coach Tom Coughlin when he was with the Jaguars, you know, and back in the mid nineties, late nineties, he would tell guys, and these are guys early in their career, maybe only been in the league two, three, four, five years. I think he would tell them something like it's now or never. And I think that's where, I think that's where Caleb on chase on is. He's got to get some sacks. I think the Jaguars, I, you know, unique and Gawkway, I understand sign with the Chicago bears. I don't think the Jags needed to sign a guy. I think they got him on the roster. Trayvon, Trayvon Walker, uh, Caleb on chase on Josh Allen may be the most important guy coming up affecting, affecting the Jags pass rush hopes in 2023. But to me, a pass rush starts with stopping the run, getting your opponent in second and long third and long. And then you're going to rush the be able to rush the quarterback more and get more sacks. And again, that's my opinion. I'm Scott from the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Hey, we got a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. We are going to take a look at the latest stuff with the Jumbo Shrimp, North Florida Entertainment, some semi-pro football and college football. Oh, yeah. Man, college football has been interesting. We're going to talk about it. We always love talking about college football. Looks like Colorado is going to bolt back to the Big 12. They were in the Big 8 which later became the Big 12. Then, for some reason, they decided they got sold on a deal to go out to the Pac-12. Now they're going back to the Big 12. Man, college football, NIL deals, the portal, the shuffling of teams and conferences moving from this conference to that conference, big money to the Big 10, teams wanting to join the Big 10. We're going to talk about college football. North Florida Entertainment, Semi-Pro Football, and more coming up. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 58. Recording this uh, today on August 7th of 2023. We may continue into August the 8th on this episode. You guys have a great day. And again, hey, thank you for listening. We got more coming up just around the corner. Episode show number 58 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. In this time, we were putting this episode together. All of a sudden, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and AAA Baseball won seven games in a row. And they're actually beating a pretty good team this weekend as we kind of flash forward to now August the 12th. Jaguars will open the NFL preseason against the Cowboys. When we get a final score on that game, we'll pass it along to you. It's going to be interesting. Training camp notes. I heard John Gaylor tell me one time that Anton Harrison, his sore shoulder, must be much better. And this is what Gaylor told me. He said he said he uh, he heard Anton Harrison knock Trayvon Walker back into the center. Man, how about that? I think both of those guys are going to be be good players. I really do. And I'm talking about Anton Harrison and Trayvon Walker. But, you know, in NFL training camps, the guys, man, they're, they're trying to make statements. And um, 
I think Anton Harrison's going to be a good player, right tackle. You know, I know that John Gaylor told me one time, man, he, he doesn't look quite as big as we thought. Well, I think he's agile. I think he's a guy that can move well and can play right tackle. We're getting some good reports on Walker Little at left tackle. Then you got Cam Robinson waiting in the wings. Man, could Cam play guard? <laughs> so we'll see what happens. First preseason game, we're probably going to see a lot of faces. Um, I haven't heard if Trevor is going to start the game yet. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll play a handful of plays, or maybe he won't play. We'll see what happens. The first preseason game uh, this weekend, the Jaguars playing the Cowboys. It's going to be interesting. Should be a great season. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, they've been under 500 almost most of all season. Now, all of a sudden, they've won seven in a row. They were 10 games under 500. Now, all of a sudden, they're three games under 500 at 54 and 47. They've been kind of beaten up on Norfolk. And, you know, the funny thing, the funny thing about Norfolk is they got a good team. They really do. Norfolk is well over 500. They got a good team, but the shrimp, man, they're getting boiling hot. The jumbo shrimp are boiling hot late in the year, kind of like the weather on August the 12th. We're expected to hit close to 100 degrees with the excessive heat in the heat index. It's supposed to feel probably 9 or 10, almost 9 or 10 degrees hotter than the actual temperature. I believe the actual temperature... On uh, Friday, August the 11th, got up to, I believe, around 97. Today's high may get up to 100. Um, Speaking of our weather report, kind of a weather capsule for North Florida. Hot, clear to partly cloudy with about a 30% chance of rain here in North Florida. On August 12th, as we talk to you right now, high temperatures near 100. Lows at night, 79. Winds west to south at times at about three to eight miles per hour my advice to you drink plenty of liquids so when you look at the offensive line you're going to see walker little at left tackle for the jags right tackle anton harrison who had been battling some shoulder soreness over the past couple of weeks i gotta think he's he's near 100 percent. if it's true what i heard that he kind of kind of Kind of blocked Trayvon Walker into the center, moved him out of the way. Talking about good football. Football season's underway. The Falcons have already beat the Miami Dolphins. The Atlanta Falcons 19, the Miami Dolphins 3. NFL preseason is underway. In the EXFL, the Devil Dogs all of a sudden are winning games. They won a couple of games in a row. They're 3-2. and two. That's a solo... Um, Solo Don Data Lens team, the uh, Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs are three and two on the year. I've been to a couple of their games. It's pretty good football, actually. And um, hey, we appreciate you tuning into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Glad the J- Jumbo Shrimp are extremely hot. They've won seven in a row as we record this podcast on the morning of August the twelfth. We got it. We got uh, North Florida Entertainment coming up. Some other area sports. Uh, keep it right here. Major League Baseball. Man, I looked at the Major League Baseball standings. Top four teams, the Atlanta Braves are 73 and 41. 
Baltimore Orioles 71 and 45, Tampa Bay Rays 70 and 48, and that only gets them second place in their division behind Baltimore. And the Texas Rangers are 69 and 45. Those are basically the the four top teams and four best records in Major League Baseball. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast is coming right up. Stand by and stay tuned. Man, we've been working on this particular podcast episode, show number 58, for like the last several days, the last four, five, six days, I think. Episode show number 58, John Gaylor had pointed out to me probably the two biggest number 58s, probably um, Jack Lambert, big Steelers linebacker from back in the uh, Steel Curtain days when the Pittsburgh Steelers won Four Super Bowls. Von Miller wore 58. He won a Super Bowl with Denver a few years ago. And heck, he's still playing. He's with the Buffalo Bills now. To submit, to I guess I'm not saying submit, but to cement. How about that word? To cement his possibility of making the Hall of Fame. I think um, Von Miller, number 58, now with the Buffalo Bills. I, I think another Super Bowl appearance and maybe winning another Super Bowl would just kind of kicked the door, kicked the door open for Von Miller to make the Hall of Fame. He's one of those guys kind of on the edge. Great pass rusher during his career. You know, he played most of his years with uh, Denver. Uh, now he's with Buffalo. Some guys we're looking at with preseason with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I saw reports on Caleb Hayes, nickelback, defensive back for the Jaguars. Uh, prototypical nickelback. What is he about five, 10, five, 11, 194 pounds, but I'm hearing glowing reports from him out of training camp. And you know, it's 90 guys in training camp who makes the 53. I think he's got a shot. Um, guys like Trey Herndon is Trey Herndon back again. He's been with the Jags for many, many years. He's Trey Herndon's a guy that really, uh, actually replaced Jalen Ramsey when Jalen Ramsey forced his way out and got traded to the L.A. Rams for, you know, a handful of draft picks uh, back a few years ago. So you look at this guy, and I've been hearing things about Caleb Hayes. We need to keep an eye on Caleb. Caleb Hayes during training camp, preseason game one against the Cowboys. Um. Caleb Hayes with the Jaguars. That's right. Good football player, right? Caleb Hayes. Caleb Hayes. Okay, Caleb Hayes with a K. I don't know. Automatically, when I spell Caleb, I wanted to put a C there, but it's Caleb with a K. Caleb Hayes, Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback. He's got a shot to make the team. You know, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's, you know, any reason to believe he he won't. He's at a BYU, and he's getting some real glowing reports in training camp, about 5'11", 194 pounds. Um, you know, he's going to play in the preseason games. Everybody's trying to stay healthy, too, right? Um, 
Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Caleb Hayes, 5'11", 194 pounds. Can you believe this guy was born in 1999? That makes us feel all old, doesn't it? Played his college ball at BYU. He's a rookie, uh, originally from uh, San Bernardino, San Bernardino, California. He's active on the Jaguars roster, and I think we'll probably see him in that first preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, he's having a pretty good camp from, you know, from all intentions of what I'm hearing of uh, Caleb Hayes. Jaguars play the Cowboys. Kickoff of the game is 5 o'clock p.m. between the Jaguars and Dallas. So we're going to have we're going to have some some game results, maybe a couple of stories on somebody scoring a touchdown or two. And the NFL preseason is underway. As I mentioned, the the Atlanta Falcons have already played. The Atlanta Falcons uh, beat the Miami Dolphins. Atlanta Falcons 19, the Miami Dolphins 3. Uh, Jordan Love looked good, at least in preseason, for the Green Bay Packers as they kind of smoked the Bengals. I believe that score was 36 to 19. And a guy to keep your eye on, Caleb Hayes. Where's number 43? Cornerback. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, 5'11", 194 pounds. And, you know, he's out of BYU, originally from California. And we'll see what happens with the rookie. He's getting some glowing reports in some different circles that I've seen. So he's a guy we're going to keep an eye on, uh, number 43, Caleb Hayes. We're also going to take a look at uh, North Florida Entertainment, if you will. You know, the thing about the Jaguars, you know, before I check some North Florida Entertainment, by the way, speaking of North Florida Entertainment, Ashville Arena League title game is being played uh, absolutely tonight in Jacksonville at the Shark Tank, the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. It'll be the Carolina Cobras playing at the Jacksonville Sharks in the National Arena League Championship game tonight, Saturday night, August the 12th. I believe the kickoff's at, what, 7 or 7.30 tonight. So the Jacksonville Sharks trying to capture a National Arena League championship season. One guy on their team that now plays for the Cobras is fullback linebacker Zach Brown. I asked Zach the other day because he and I are friends on Facebook. I asked him how many National Arena League titles he has won, and he messaged me back and he said one. So he'd like to win a second one, but now he plays for the Carolina Cobras. If I called them the Panthers earlier, I apologize. It's the Carolina Cobras playing at the Jacksonville Sharks in the National Arena League Championship on Saturday night, August the 12th. I'm I'm sure on this podcast or the next podcast, we'll have the final score of that game as well, probably on the next one. This is episode show number 58. At, you know, they'll probably hand somebody with the Jaguars a number 58 jersey, but when John Gaylor checked two or three days ago, I don't think there was a Jaguar wearing number 58. But, I mean, there's a 90-man roster. There's got to be somebody wearing 58, right? We'll try to find that out, too. But probably two of the biggest number 58s were um, Crazy Jack Lambert. <laughs> I call him Crazy Jack Lambert, man. He was a mean player. Jack Was it Jack Lambert? Was that the guy that wore 58 um, for the Steelers? You got Von Miller 
wearing 58 for the Denver Broncos. He won a Super Bowl with Denver. He now plays with the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, Jack Lambert, pretty good player, right? Let's see. Jack Lambert played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, here we go. 58. I'm looking at something on eBay. They're selling, obviously, they're selling pictures of Jack Lambert on eBay. He wore number 58. Um, so get your Jack Lambert stuff on eBay. But man, he was a great player. Jack Lambert. Now, a lot of those Pittsburgh Steeler guys went into the Hall of Fame. I know Lynn Swan's there with, you know, questionable stats, but he won the titles. Um, and you know, I know my executive producer, uh, JC will be happy to have a podcast episode on that with me at some point in time, talking about Lynn Swan and him getting into the hall of fame. Um, Jack Harold Lambert, number 58 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me see if I can give you a little info on him. Jack, um, actually known as Jack Lambert, but in Wikipedia, it says he's John Harold Lambert. Born back in 1952, so it means he's still a good bit older than me. He's he's an American former professional football player who was a middle linebacker and a main one in the National Football League, in my opinion. Recognized by the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1990 as the greatest linebacker of his era. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Lambert was a starting middle linebacker for four Super Bowl winning team. So not only was he on one or two of the championship teams, he was on all four of them. Jack Lambert, number 58. Yes, sir. You're in the Hall of Fame. And you're mentioned on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, number 58, Jack Lambert. I want to thank John Gaylor for bringing him to my attention. And number 58, uh, Von Miller. Von Miller, who won a Super Bowl. I think that was Peyton Manning's last year when Von Miller won that Super Bowl. And now Von Miller, he had some injuries he fought through last year. He's um, with the Buffalo Bills now. And um, I always thought his glasses were pretty cool. Kind of gave him a real persona. Uh, Vonnie B. What's his name? Vonnie Von Miller. Vonnie B.V. Sean Miller, I believe, is an American football outside linebacker for the Buffalo Bills of the National Football League. Miller played college ball at Texas A&M, where he earned consensus All-American honors, no doubt about that. He was a Butkus Award winner. That says a lot right there. Uh, six foot three, 250 pounds, prototypical linebacker who could move, and he's certainly an edge pass rusher. He's now with the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo made a move. I believe they signed a former pass rusher uh, with the Chicago Bears. Uh, what's his name? Floyd. They played college ball at Georgia. I believe Floyd's with the Bills. So the Bills got a couple of guys that can rush the passer. You know, you got to worry about Vaughn a little bit. Vaughn Miller's 34 now. But, man, he it's just a little bit over his, uh, out of his prime. I mean, 34, he can still he can still probably – play another year or two he's probably wanting to win a super bowl with buffalo um super bowl champion super bowl mvp of is that super bowl 50 wow nfl defensive rookie of the year in 2011 so he's been playing in the league for about 12 years now 
Uh, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. He won the Jack Lambert Trophy, and they hey, they both wore. He won that in 2010. They both wear 58. So that's pretty cool. Um, th- here's a stat that I really like about about Von Miller. He's had 24 pass deflections in his career, two interceptions. Um, he's had two defensive touchdowns. Pretty good player. Sacks, career sacks, 123 and a half sacks. I think this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, probably five years, five or six years or more after he quits playing. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame one day. So you got Von Miller, number 58, Jack Lambert, number 58, two of the, the best guys, got to be two of the best guys to ever wear the number uh, 58. We'll take a look at some uh, North Florida entertainment also. We're going to try to find out if anybody's been given 58 by the Jaguars. When you got a 90-man roster and you're moving into when you're moving into preseason games, and I'm going to say this to John Gaylor because I know he always listens to our podcast. John, there's got to be somebody that's been thrown the number 58. So we got to find that out. Maybe we'll find that out uh, on this particular podcast. We'll do some research before we end the podcast, probably have it. Uh, perhaps in the encore. We'll check some of the uh, North Florida entertainment. We know the Jacksonville Sharks are playing the Carolina Cobras uh, Saturday night, August 12th. I think the kickoff is it's either 7 or 7.30 at the tank. And some of the tickets are actually going for a very, very high price if you're buying them online, I guess. So check out the Sharks. I'm sure you can get in if you go down to the arena. Somebody's selling tickets. Jacksonville Sharks hosting the Carolina Cobras in the National Arena League. Uh, championship game that's kind of part of our north florida entertainment indoor football arena football if you will they people love it uh jacksonville and the jacksonville sharks of the national arena league probably have one of the bigger fan bases in all of arena and indoor football if you will we'll take a look at some shows coming up with north florida entertainment i know that uh psychic deli local north florida band and Jam Band Late Night Transfer. I know they played uh, Port Charlotte, Florida uh, a few days ago. What was the date on that? My goodness. They uh, they played back on July the 29th, so it's been a few days back. But they got another show coming up tonight. Let's uh, Snoop Dogg, by the way, if you didn't know it, I just wanted to let our executive producer, JC, know that Snoop Dogg was in Duval at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Back on August 5th of 2023, he was here and gone. Uh, Local North Florida band, Late Night Transfer, playing at the Voussoir. This is coming up tonight, actually, in Atlantic Beach, Florida, this Saturday night, August the 12th. It's this Saturday night. Late night shows, too, for Late Night Transfer. I guess that's appropriate with the name. They're playing from 10 p.m. until 1.30 in the morning, late tonight, on, on Saturday night. August the 12th. We got to get this podcast out today where you guys can hear about late night transfer playing at the Boost Ward, Atlantic Beach, Florida tonight, Saturday night, August 12th. That's this Saturday night, August the 12th from 10 p.m. until 1.30 a.m. Country singer Jason Aldean will be at the arena. Great name. Love that name, Jason Aldean. I want to say Jason Aldean, but it's Jason Aldean. Country singer Jason Aldean will be at the arena 
at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena on August 25th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. So that show is coming up. And in September of 2023, Molly Hatchett will be playing a show at the Ponte Vedra uh, Concert Hall. That'll be a show in Ponte Vedra Beach on uh, Friday, Friday night, September the 8th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall uh, here in Northeast Florida. Also, um, one of our moderators on BigJReport.com Facebook group, uh, Howard Cogswell, and you know how how worked in radio for a long time. I knew I knew uh, he went more by Hal. He went by Hal Jackson back in the day. And but Howard Cogswell, good friend of mine on Facebook. He's one of our moderators on BigJReport.com Facebook group. I can hear my executive producer JC saying some things in the background now. Uh, Hal was telling me and posting about Alice Cooper, who's been a good golfer over the years. Is kind of an amateur golfer. Alice Cooper, that's right, of, of schools out for the summer fame. Alice Cooper will be performing. Let's check the dates on this. Also, Alice Cooper performing at the St. Augustine Amphitheater on October the 4th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. So that's not all the shows, but that's a few shows that are going on now. And we mentioned some of the past shows that have you know come to our area in North Florida. By the way, the Florida Theater is closed for renovations and revamping of the Florida Theater. Um, they've been closed, I guess, since... In the last month, they will reopen sometime in October of 2023 after the Florida theater gets a revamping and remodeling, especially on the inside. I know they're still going to keep that iconic outside look over there on Forsyth Street in downtown Jacksonville. You never, you'll never miss it. Uh, beautiful looking uh, old historic building with that Florida theater marquee out there on Forsyth Street. In downtown Jacksonville, the Florida Theater will reopen in about, uh, did I say November, October? I believe it will get open sometime in October of 2023 with shows uh, in October, November. When we get some of the first shows of the Florida Theater, we'll be happy to pass those along to you uh, right here on North Florida Entertainment on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, EXFL football, the Devil Dogs are three and two. They've been playing some, you know, they've played a couple of games in Green Cove Springs, and they're they're kind of home-based in Green Cove Springs, but they're Clay County, the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs. They will play the Sanford uh, Tomahawks, and that game is going to be played today on August the 12th. So when we get a score on that game, we'll try to pass that along to you as well. So that's some of a uh, look at uh, North Florida Entertainment. Um I will tell you this. One thing I really like about the EXFL, you know, it's eight-man football, eight-man-on-eight football playing on a 60-yard field, is I get some tremendous updates from the commissioner, Avion, Avion Hale. And, um, you know, I've got the – you might as well just uh, go to some of my chat with Avion Hale. I know Avion um, – Gave me some stats, some standings. Let me see if we can pull up some stuff with Avion Hale uh, coming up here. 
on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I will tell you that we're highly dependent on the Internet here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I've had the Internet kind of flickering in and out, out and in on uh, Saturday, August the 12th. Hopefully we can get this problem rectified. We we have done broadcast or podcast, if you will, in many different type locations. I've been having some internet issues here at World Headquarters. Hopefully we'll get that all straightened out real soon. And um, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to uh, pulling up some standings from the EXFL. I know the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs are three and two on the season. They play the Sanford Tomahawks on Saturday, August the 12th. And when we get a score on that game, man, we will be very, very happy uh, to pass that score along to you. Uh, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Probably check some standings with Avion Hale, the commissioner of the EXFL, coming up in a moment as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Hey, thank you for listening. Okay, we'll pull up some uh, stats from from Avion Hale with the EXFL. It's quite a unique league. It's um, really indoor football played on an outdoor football outdoor football field. Let me let me back up. Let me let me restate that. <laughs> Sounds a little confusing. Uh, me saying that it's actually indoor football played outdoors. That's what I'm trying to say because it's eight man on eight man, like you know, like the indoor arena game, but it's played outside. The field's about ten years, t- uh, ten yards longer. What did I say? Ten years longer? Ten yards longer. So the the field is ten yards longer. They're playing on a sixty yard field opposed to the fifty yard field that's played in most of the indoor and arena leagues. Regulation NFL and college football is 100 yards. The only field longer is the CFL. The Canadian Football League plays 110 yards. These are actually, you know, different games, different rules. The EXFL, 60-yard field, eight-man on eight-man. And uh, Avion uh, Hale is the commissioner of the league, and we do message with Avion. Avion gave me the recent uh, standings after week five. The South Florida Raptors uh, tied with a very good Palm Beach Capos team. The Devil Dogs moving up. Looks like the Devil Dogs got a real good shot at making the playoffs. They're playing the uh, last place Tomahawks in Orange Park on Saturday, August the 12th. When we, when we get a final score on that game, we will let you know. I have been to a couple of Devil Dog games and always found them entertaining. The, the couple of games I've gone to, it's a good league. Uh, the commissioner, Avion Hale, does a really good job keeping up with the league. Um, even the teams that have won the championships, I didn't realize the league had been around as long as it has been. Um, it looks like the EXFL has been around since 2017. So, you know, when you count up the years, this is the seventh year of the E. XFL playing that eight man on eight 60 yard field. <laughs> That's right. Playing with the, uh, the, the eight man on, on eight and playing on a 60 yard field, a little bit of a tongue twister, 
but that's that's how they play. Um, taking a look, you know, at some of these, um, you know, at the standings. We're taking a look at the standings a moment ago in the EXFL. Again, it's indoor football played outdoors. It's played in the elements outdoors on a 60-yard field, eight-man versus eight. Um, so we take a look. Let's take a look at the, the standings for the league, the current standings. Um, let's see. After five weeks, game five results, by the way, week five uh, game results, Capos 30, the Tri-County Steelers 20. Um, the Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs, 48, the South Florida Raptors, 38, and the Pine County Falcons, 72, the Sanford Tomahawks, 14. That was the week five results. There's more games being played later today on Saturday, August the 12th. Now, the standings for the league after five weeks, the, again, the Palm Beach Capos, 4-1, and one. the South Florida Raptors are 4-1, and one. the Pine County Falcons are 3-2 and two in third place. Devil Dogs are kind of tied with the Falcons, but the Falcons did beat the Devil Dogs, I think, by four points down in St. Petersburg in a road game for the Devil Dogs a few weeks ago. But the Devil Dogs hanging tough for one of those playoff spots. Palm Beach Capos in first place, four and one, tied with the South Florida Raptors at four and one officially in second place. Pine County Falcons, three and two, tied with the Devil Dogs for third and fourth place. The Devil Dogs are three and two. That's the Clay County, Florida. Devil Dogs, home-based in Green Cove Springs, Florida. The Clay County, Florida Devil Dogs have played a couple of their games in Green Cove Springs. And the last two games being played in Orange Park as far as their home games go. Tri-County Steelers are 1-4. The Sanford Tomahawks pulling up the rear at 0-5. So that's the latest standings from the EXFL. That's some of the latest standings. Again, the South Florida Raptors 4-1. Palm Beach Capos, 4-1. Pine County Falcons, 3-2 and two in third place. Tied with the Devil Dogs at third and fourth place. The Devil Dogs are 3-2. and two. Tri-County Steelers in fourth place at 1-4. The Sanford Tomahawks from Central Florida are 0-5, still looking for their first win. And this is the last week of the regular season before the playoffs get started in the EXFL. Uh, National Arena League. Yeah, the Jacksonville Sharks hosting the Carolina Cobras tonight. Um, that's going to be tonight on Saturday night, August the 12th. Going to try to get you a kickoff time for that game. I've heard a couple of different kickoff times. I believe it's starting at 7 o'clock. Maybe the kickoff is not until uh, 7.30, but I believe it's actually – I believe it is in the National Arena League. I believe it's actually a – well, let me let me check see if I can find a a result on the time of the title game. Carolina Cobras, Jacksonville Sharks, the twenty twenty three National Arena League uh, championship game, going to be right here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. The Carolina Cobras at the Jacksonville Sharks. And let me see. I know the kickoff. The kickoff time. There's been some changes in the National Arena League too. They've got a team leaving. A couple of new teams that are coming in next year. We'll be talking about that as uh, time goes on, as well. So there's some changes for the National Arena League. Um, you know, for next year. 
But in the meantime, this is the championship game, the National Arena League championship game for 2023. It'll be the Carolina Cobras at the Jacksonville Sharks. Should be some some really, really exciting football in the National Arena League. You know, basically the championship game uh, being played today on Saturday night, August the 12th. Kickoff right around 7 o'clock, I believe. Going to be some good football tonight at the Star Veterans uh, Memorial Arena, of course. It's kind of nicknamed the Shark Tank for the Jacksonville Sharks. That's going to do it for episode show number 58. Man, we talked about almost everything right here on episode show number 58. I was still trying to find if we had a Jaguars player who wears number 58. I don't think we do because I think John Gaylor had looked, looked it up for us. Um, we talked about, you know, some of the players who's going to wear 58 for the Jaguars. And, um, you know, I've been looking, I've been looking over the roster. I mean, you got guys, let's see, there's a little roster here. Players Ridley's wearing zero, as you know, um, I don't see a 58. It looks like Caleb Johnson's wearing 57 Raymond. Vahosik is wearing 59. Daryl Williams wearing number 60. Daquan Jackson wearing 55. And um, Yassir is like he's wearing 56 for the Jaguars. Anton Harrison, 76. Josh Wells, 77. Cooper Hodges, 75. Tyler Shatley, number 69. We keep Tyler Shatley in our prayers. Looks like he's going to be okay. He's had some 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 AFib issues, uh, getting his heart checked, and looks like he's checking out A-OK, but I'm sure they'll keep an, keep an eye on him as time goes on. This is probably even more important for him for later in life, you know, as well, I would think. But based on looking at the latest roster off of Jags Wire, it looks like there's no number 58. However, we did kind of shine the spotlight on Von Miller, who – Still wears 58, I believe. He now is with the Buffalo Bills. He wore 58 with Denver when he won a Super Bowl. Jack Lambert, that mean linebacker, tough as nails linebacker with the Pittsburgh Steelers, wore number 58. And he not only won one Super Bowl, he won four. Jack Lambert, number 58. This has been episode show number 58 of the Till Shirt Report podcast. Season number four. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Man, we follow a lot of stuff out here, the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports. By the way, as I close things out on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, you know, we normally in most episodes talk some college football. The only thing I'm going to say is we're going to go back to the Lindy's here, top 10. As college football gets cranked up, the Florida Gators play the last Thursday in August. They'll play at Utah. The back-to-back 12, uh, what is it? The back-to-back Pac-12 champions is what I'm trying to say. The Utah Utes. Florida Gators will have a return trip to Utah. Utah came to Gainesville last year, and Florida won the game last year. It was one of the better games probably Florida played all last year, and they won that game. However, later in the year, Utah got better. They had a lot of talent that came back on that team. And Utah has won the Pac-12 championship game on consecutive years back-to-back in the 2020 
one season and the 2022 season, back-to-back Pac-12 champions. And that's where Florida goes goes on the road. That's a pretty tough game to open up with. The back-to-back, back-to-back Pac-12 champions on the road at Utah. Utah not ranked in the Lindy's top 10 this year, but they were ranked in the Lindy's top 10 last year. They're still not going to be too far out of the top 10, I wouldn't think. But Lindy's top 10 is Georgia number one. Let me clarify this. Michigan is number two. I might have said Michigan State in the last episode. No, no, no. Or Michigan, the Wolverines. So Lindy's top 10, Georgia Bulldogs. And this is here on, you know, August the 12th of 2023, the Georgia Bulldogs ranked number one in Lindy's, Michigan number two, Ohio State three, Alabama four, LSU five. <clears throat> Can you believe it? The Florida State Seminoles, coached by Mike Norvell, ranked sixth in the Lindy's book nationally. Uh, this year, Florida State in that top ten, ranked sixth. Washington Huskies from the Pac-12, but I think they're one of the teams that's going to be on the move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Washington, the Washington Huskies are ranked seventh. Penn State, who's already in the Big Ten and been in the Big Ten for a few years now. Penn State is ranked eighth in the national rankings by Lindy's. Texas, the Longhorns, they got Arch Manning. I think they got a quarterback even better than Arch. That's going to play ahead of him from what I'm hearing. But Texas has a good quarterback situation right now. Texas is ranked ninth in the country. The USC Trojans still in the Pac-12, but they're going to be moving to the Big Ten as well, I understand. College football, man, it's topsy-turvy. A lot of shuffling with the conferences. Man, the NIL deals, the transfer portal. Got a lot to talk about on the next episode. This has been episode show number 58 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, season number four. Our podcast has been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, also by Alex Nunry. Special thanks to our uh, podcast supporter and uh, correspondent, John Gaylor. I want to thank uh, Mr. David Martin on all the help with semi-pro football, the National Arena League Championship game being played tonight on Saturday night, August the 12th, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, when we get the final result. Well, pass that along to you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to episode show number 58 of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Hey, thank you for listening.